Welcome to Spew, Spectrum People Enjoying Wizardry. I'm Queerness, and I have Asperger's Syndrome. I'm Lavender, and my daughter, Abby Dabby, has nonverbal autism. And I now call this 15th meeting of Spew to order. Anything new to share with us this week? When this recording goes up, it'll be Abby's IEP meeting the following week after. So in a week, it'll be Abby's IEP meeting. And this is the big one because she's transitioning to a different school next year. So we have our team from the new school coming to hopefully get to know her and everything and get to know us. And then the team that we're leaving. So that's about that's one of the big things we have going on. <laughs> we're also in the middle of a move. So lots of lots of fun over here. Lots of changes. We had like half our work staff fired at work. Yeah. So now it's down to three of us for the whole store. So that's fun. <laughs> I wonder if our dry sarcasm is obvious or not. <laughs> Charizard? What did you say? Dry sarcasm. I heard Charizard. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I got several new things I want to talk about. Mm. First thing, we do have some new icons in our podcast feed. So you may notice little icons at the beginning of each title, depending on your podcast app. So we're going to use these to denote what the episode's going to be about. So if you see puzzle pieces, that means it's going to be an autism-based episode. If you see a wizard, it's going to be a Wizarding World-based episode. If you see Drama Mask or a book or film, that indicates that we're going to be reviewing something in that episode. So let us know if you guys like it or not. And on a related note, remember that the 15th of each month, we're going to be reviewing a book. And this next episode, we're going to be reviewing Chamber of Secrets. So now's a good time to catch up and read that. Yep. Also, we we found a a quite surprising um, surprise. (laughs) A surprising surprise. We discovered that the, the word... D-R-A-U-G-H-T is pronounced draft. This is one of those words that should have been translated in the U.S. version and wasn't. Yeah. The U.S. spelling of this word is D-R-A-F-T. I always thought this was a completely different word and I pronounced it draught. Yep. I thought it was a draught. My entire life. Like, literally my entire life until queerness told me this yesterday. (laughs) Anyway, important dates. Uh, This month is Dobby's death. We don't actually have a specific date on this one. We just know that it happened in March. Also have several birth dates. Ron's is on the 1st. Trelawney's is on the 9th. And Remus Lupin's is on the 10th. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about this month, Queerness? We are talking about Tommy Westfall. This is a subject that is more autism-related. It's more of a sidestep, but something that every time I remember it, I end up researching for like three days straight. (laughs) 
Okay. Basic background. There was a TV show called Saint Elsewhere. It was a medical drama that ran from 1982 to 1988. And of the large cast of main characters, there was a Dr. Daniel Oshlander, who was the chief of services, and a Dr. Donald Westfall, who was a director of medicine. Now, in season two, they introduced Dr. Westfall's son, Tommy. And Tommy has nonverbal autism and appeared in a total of 11 episodes is all. But difficulties taking care of his son led Dr. Westfall to leave the hospital in the final season only to return for the big season finale. And this is where things get interesting. So at the end of the episode, Tommy is standing with Dr. Oshlander in his office and they are watching the snow outside the window. We get an exterior shot of this hospital and then suddenly the hospital starts to shake. We then cut to Tommy shaking a snow globe and he is in an apartment with the actor that played Dr. Oshlander and his father comes home dressed as a construction worker. It is then revealed that he is actually a construction worker and that Dr. Oshlander is in fact Tommy's grandfather who watches him all day and he basically spends his whole day staring at the snow globe. It's been sitting there ever since you left this morning, just like it does every day. World of his own. I don't understand this autism thing, Pop. Here's my son. I talk to him. I don't even know if he can hear me. He sits there all day long in his own world, staring at that toy. What's he thinking about? And then the episode ends with a close-up of this snow globe showing the hospital inside. The implications is that the entirety of the TV show took place inside Tommy's head. Now, I, I sent you the clip of this ending. What did you think of it? Um... I don't I don't know how to put into words what I what I thought of it. Honestly, I've tried, but it was um it was mixed. Like I'm sure back when this was on, this was, you know, pretty, you know, for lack of a better word, groundbreaking, you know, big plot twist. And I don't think there was really that much about autism in mainstream media at all back then. I I could be wrong. And a lot of misconceptions about anything that was released. So, like I kind of like it, but uh, I've also let me be clear for our listeners, I've never A, heard of this show, <laughs> or B, seen anything about it until Quirinus sent me this clip. It's like three and a half minute clip of the very end of the finale, I'm assuming. Yes. So I don't know. I'm quite, it confused me. It confused me. That's my final thoughts. <laughs> it was definitely strange. Without actually having the knowledge of the show, I wouldn't have been able to follow it if I didn't know what was going on. But a fat lady saying, fat lady saying, yes, I, I am not quite sure what that was about. <laughs> but this kind of slipped away until 2002 when Dwayne McDuffie, who is a writer who created the Static Shock TV show and he wrote for Justice League and Ben 10, he wrote a blog post entitled Six Degrees of Saint Elsewhere. And this article was actually about why you should not make strong statements about fictional continuity based on guest appearances. And basically, this article brought light to what has been called the Tommy Westfall Universe Hypothesis. And basically how this starts is there was a, another show called Homicide Life on the Street. And in season six, which was in the mid-90s, so long after 
St. Elsewhere ended. One of the doctors, Dr. Roxanne Turner, was a guest star on a season six episode of Homicide Life on the Street. The implication here is that since her character originated in Tommy's head, that must mean the entirety of Homicide Life on the Street is also in Tommy's head. Ah, plot thickens. Okay, I can I can see that that argument. All right, here's where it gets fun. One of the main characters from Homicide was John Munch. <gasps> I hate to interrupt you. I'm so sorry, but is this Munch also known as Munch on SVU? Yes. <sighs> okay, continue. After being on Homicide for 119 episodes, John Munch then moved on to be a regular character on Law & Order SVU for 241 episodes, as well as appearing in the regular Law & Order, Law & Order Trial by Jury. So the entire Law & Order expanded universe also exists entirely inside Tommy's head. <gasps> what? I am so geek. I am geeking out so hard right now, queerness. This is awesome. <laughs> now, John Munch also appeared on a handful of other shows, a lot of different TV shows. Roughly 18 to 20. <laughs> but the big one would be The X-Files. Why is a detective from another network tracking down extraterrestrials on Fox? What I'm looking at here is an FBI agent likes to talk about space aliens. Because it's the only place he can. Now, within The X-Files, the character of the cigarette smoking man smokes Morley cigarettes. Now, Morley cigarettes have been around for a long, long time. It was created by a prop company, originally first seen in Hitchcock's Psycho. But the X-Files used a new design for the package known as the Red Box, which means any show that uses the Red Box design must also be inside Tommy's head. <laughs> this list includes, but is not limited to, that 70s show, Becker, Malcolm in the Middle, ER, Touched by an Angel, Everybody Hates Chris, Criminal Minds, Prison Break, Breaking Bad, Medium, Reaper, Heroes, Pushing Daisies, Walking Dead, The Middle, Shameless, Justified, NCIS, Warehouse 13, Twin Peaks, Lost, and is even the brand smoked by Spike and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> now, Lost also has brands within it, such as Oceanic Airlines, which was also featured in Flash Forward and Once Upon a Time and LAX, and the Apollo Candy Bar, which was also in Once Upon a Time, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Scrubs. Basically, the bulk of U.S. television is all connected in this very specific way back to this one TV show. Even to the point that both the Bob Newhart show and Newhart both connect into the universe in addition to taking place inside themselves. <laughs> And of course, this also includes pretty much all of the TGIF shows and Disney Channel shows. Basically, the internet gave up on keeping track of this back in 2016. And at the time, there was like 440 shows in the list. Whoa. And this does not include cartoons or movies, just TV shows. So yeah, the bulk of American television. Yes. All right. That's pretty much all I have on that. It was just something I wanted to talk about. This was great, queerness, actually. <laughs> So let's go to Gringotts, but first, here's a trivia question for you. How many of the second year school books were written by Gilderoy Lockhart? We'll be right back. This is Jeffrey, the financial advisor for Spew at Gringotts Bank. And now we return to Spew. 
And we're back. Lavender, do you know how many books were written by Gilderoy Lockhart? I do. It's seven. It is seven. For some reason, I was thinking it was eight. I don't know where I got that one from. I guess they have eight books because most everyone has the autobiography, but is that one required? Ooh. Yes, I think it was. Huh. Anyway, the correct answer is seven of his books were required my second year's so we're going to move on to Wizarding World news. We have yet another book up for auction. <laughs> this time, it is not a first edition. This is an uncorrected proof copy of Philosopher's Stone. Ooh. So uncorrected proof copies are copies that were sent out to booksellers and news outlets prior to the publication and release to generate hype. It is basically just a simple cover so like a white cover with a yellow stripe that has author's name name of book and the isbn information on the back it also includes a cardstock print of what the cover would look like there were only 200 of these printed the main difference between this and the first edition like they didn't fix any of the issues the main difference is on the inside cover page she is credited as j.a rowling <laughs> and this is due to the fact that they had requested that she use initials, but she had not yet chosen the middle initial yet since she does not actually have a middle name. But the cover and the printed cardstock do use J.K. Rowling. Anyway, this book is up for auction. The last one that sold back in 2017 sold for £9,275, which is about $12,000. Mm. Bloomsbury has released the new house editions for Goblet of Fire, which, if you're not familiar with this set, they are re-releasing the whole series with each book having four unique covers. So not only are they the four different house colors, but the intricate details around it feature different images for the different houses. And there's a slight variation between the hardcover and paperback. And so hmm. It's a nice little set, but Goblet of Fire has been released. Scholastic is actually doing their own illustrated editions. So the illustrated editions, Goblet of Fire was released earlier this year from Bloomsbury, and Scholastic has been publishing those, but now Scholastic is doing their own edition, this time illustrated by Mina Lima Designs, which they're the graphic designers who worked on the films. But this first book should be coming out in October. Also in book news, J.K. Rowling has finished writing the fifth Robert Galbraith novel. Hmm. I, I don't really care. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone has been translated into Yiddish. The first thousand copies sold out in two days, so the second edition is now available for pre-order. <laughs> I couldn't find an official which language this is. All I can find is that there are over 80 languages that it's been officially translated into. And now Yiddish. And now Yiddish. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child will be opening in Tokyo in 2022. Ooh, I bet that's an experience. In Arden, North Carolina, Lake Julian Park has set up new speed limit signs that say nine and three quarters. Oh, wow. The official statement from the Buncombe County Recreation Services is that 
Muggles can't see the Hogwarts Express or the tracks leading to Platform 9 and 3 quarters, and we prefer not to divulge which part of our parks can access them. In the past, this has created loitering and milling around issues as people try to escape the banality of everyday life. The real answer is um, research has shown that odd number speed limits are more effective because people are going to be paying closer attention to them. And so they were trying to come up with a speed limit that would catch people's attention. And so then someone suggested nine and three quarters. <laughs> I didn't know that that's why places had odd numbered speeding signs, but that makes sense now. Yeah. You usually see that in like parking lots and things like that, where they want you to go extra slow. Yeah. Julie Walters, who played Molly Weasley, um, she has revealed that she was diagnosed with bowel cancer back in 2018, but she has had successful surgery and chemo and has now officially recovered from cancer. So I also read that she does want to continue acting. She's just going to slow down a bit. The Harry Potter Alliance has started a new campaign for Granger 2020. <laughs> they are saying that Hermione Granger is running for president. I've like been all over this website. I am not sure what the point of this is. Like th that is the bulk of it. it it's something about fighting pure blood purism. I, beyond that, I am not sure what they're trying to actually accomplish. Oh, I thought this was stemming from like cursed child lore. Hmm. Okay. No, um, that that's about it. I mean, she's British, so she can't actually run for president. Nope. So, sorry. There was also a New Yorker article that has been circulating this week entitled, I went to Hogwarts for seven years and did not learn math or spelling, and now I can't get a job. <laughs> this is a comedy article about the lack of proper education at Hogwarts and is full of grammatical errors. <laughs> I really don't get the point of it because there is a lot of mistakes. Like, not just like the grammatical errors, but like clearly the person who wrote this really is not that entrenched in the lore to properly <laughs> write this article. To properly address this issue. <laughs> The, like, the biggest glaring issue to me is that it is apparently written by Seamus Finnegan, claiming that after seven years he graduated in 2007. Except... Wrong. He graduated in 1998. Yeah. So, it, it, the article just ended up angering me with inaccuracies. If you're gonna write a spoof article, do it right. Yes. I agree. And then in autism news, we have a big breakthrough. Yeah. A new study has linked myelin, or low myelin specifically, to autism. Um, the Lieber Institute for Brain Development at the John Hopkins Medical Campus mm -hmm. has found that in both mice and human brains with autism, there is an abnormality in the cell that produces myelin, which acts as an insulator between regions of the brain. And they've also been able to confirm that this is related to a wide variety of neurodiversities. Um, they were actually researching Pitt-Hopkins syndrome when they found this connection. And so this is really the first study that has found one factor that is present in every case of autism yeah and then you you were saying something about abby and this yeah so currently abby is nine and she got diagnosed right at two and a half right at it 
almost to the day. And shortly afterwards, they wanted us to run MRIs just to check for anything else. And so she had her first MRI at about three and they said everything looked fine. She had a little spot that we were worried about and kept an eye on, but it turned out to be nothing. But they also said that her myelin levels were low after that first MRI but they never really addressed it or gave like a protocol or anything. They just said, and her myelin levels are a little low, but that really doesn't mean anything is basically what they said. So I never put really any more thought into it, which looking back, I feel kind of bad about now, but I've, I didn't really put any more thought into it. Well, this, this isn't the first time it's been connected, but this is the first time there's been a wide enough study to actually prove that there's a real connection. Yeah. And another just kind of, interesting connection here is that myelination normally begins around the age of one to two, which is usually when autism starts to develop. Yeah. There is a treatment currently being developed specifically for multiple sclerosis because multiple sclerosis actually attacks myelin in the nervous system. Mm -hmm. That's what it does. So stuff is happening. Yeah, stuff is happening. I'm, I'm really excited to follow this. That's about all we have to talk about this week. We'll see you in, in two weeks on the 15th to talk about Chamber of Secrets. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to send us some owl mail, be that about something we discussed or something that you discovered while reading one of the books or just to tell us a story, you can do that by sending us mail at spewcast at gmail.com. Or if you would rather send us a howler, you can send us a recording there or you can call us from the U.S. to 407-706-SPEW. That's 407-706-7739. Or there's a link in the description. Mm -hmm. You can check out our website by going to spewpod.uk or follow us on Twitter at Spectrum People is our handle. We are also on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash spewcast and Instagram with a spewpod being our handle. And as always, we'd like to thank Joan Burr for our theme music. Mm -hmm. And until next time, I'm Queerness. And I'm Lavender. And as Luna Lovegood says... Don't worry, you're just as sane as I am. Bye. Bye.